Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to another edition of Profits and Purpose, a production of Colorado Business Roundtable, where we talk about the interconnectivity of Colorado uh, in terms of academia, business, community, and government, and that we know that we're all uh, in this together um, in terms of Colorado's economy, especially right now, uh, workforce is a number one issue for all of our partners, and it, it should come to no surprise, but we're doing a special series related to workforce. And that's why I wanted to invite Brock Herzberg onto uh, the podcast with us today. Welcome, Brock. Thank you. Good to be here. Brock has a variety of roles. One of the ways that we've collaborate, collaborated the last couple of years is through his role managing uh, CBCIS, which I'll have to think very carefully, Colorado <laughs> Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions. How did I do? You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> good, good. Uh, we share common interest with CBCIS in terms of modernizing immigration systems that have been really uh, stuck in the mud uh, for far too long. And how do we think about immigration in terms of, especially our current workforce shortages? So Brock, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and we'll share this out with our partners on how, uh, on a little bit of context for CIS, how we've worked together and kind of going forward. Uh, But before I jump in with questions for you, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your journey as I said, this is one hat that you wear, but but tell us more about your journey and how you ended up here today. And I also see you're, I think, at the state capitol, uh, busy doing um, some good work today as well. Yeah, well, first, thank you, Debbie, and thank you to Cobert for inviting me um, on your podcast to talk. I always enjoy partnering with Cobert and any chance I get to listen into your podcast, Beyond One. You guys hold um, phenomenal webinars as well, so I really do appreciate that. Um, as De- Debbie said, I do wear a couple different hats. My main hat is I am the uh, principal and founding member, co-founding member um, of my lobbying firm called Capital Focus uh, based here in Denver. Um, we focus mostly on Colorado issues. We do some national issues, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And my clients range from agriculture to pharmaceuticals, the gaming association, um, kind of uh, everything under the sun um, we advocate for here at the the state capitol here in Denver. Um, API Colorado, which is a member of yours, Debbie, is also a client of mine. Mine story is somewhat kind of boring because you don't often hear that people grew up wanting to be in politics. Um, and that that actually is how I got to where I'm at. And Debbie is right. I'm, I'm sitting in the third floor of our state capitol. Our General Assembly um, is currently going for the next four weeks. And I've never been so excited to see a clock tick down four weeks than I am right now. Um, but I got interested in, I, I, I mean, politics, but mostly advocacy. Um, as a young kid, I grew up on the Eastern Plains of Colorado. I'm a native. Um, my family, I was the fifth generation born on a dryland wheat farm out there. And I started at a young age to realize that the more successful my parents became at farming, the more interested and engaged government got into the, what they were doing, whether that was a local government at the county commissioner level, regional government uh, issues, the state government, and obviously agriculture, much, much like many industries, 
is directly tied to the federal government. And what I saw is that I had two parents who loved what they do. They still love agriculture, as do I. What they did not take an interest in is interfacing and interacting with people who made decisions about them, whether that was mill levy increases on their land, um, things that were going on with their local school board. So I discovered early on that um, if they weren't engaging, they were most likely, I don't want to say getting, they were taken advantage of, but they were being discussed without having anybody there to tell their story for them. And so I based my, um, uh, all of my internships, even in high school, I worked on county commissioner races out in um, Washington County, which is my home county. So a hundred miles straight east of where I'm sitting right now. Uh, in college and in graduate school, I tailored all of my papers, um, internships around politics, whether it be at a local level or a state level. Um, after I was done with graduate school, I decided uh, that I thought I wanted to live in Washington, D.C. So I went to work for, at the time, Senator Wayne Allard, um, who was a Senate Republican here um, out of Loveland, obviously one of Colorado's two U.S. senators. It took me about three months to realize living in Washington, D.C., um, and we'll allude to this in a, in a little bit, that not a lot gets done there. Um, and I know <laughs> people sure. y- people are sometimes glad for that, and then sometimes they're frustrated by it. But and that's when I finally realized I wanted to come home um, and advocate for companies and individuals that either didn't feel comfortable doing it for themselves or weren't even really aware of some of the discussions. And that's kind of in a roundabout way how I got here. Well, and that's so fascinating, Brock. I don't think I knew the story about your parents being that influential on you. They must be really proud of you and want to talk about what's happening uh, and really excited about your work, I would think. Yep. They don't quite know what I do because when I tell people I'm a lobbyist, my dad just kind of, so do you just have coffee with people? And I'm like, well, coffee and sometimes something a little bit stronger, depending (laughs) on the topic that we're talking about. So yeah, but they are, they're, they're great people and they're very supportive of me. That's that's amazing. I had a similar uh, interest in politics, really wanted to have an impact. And it was funny, I started volunteering for campaigns in high school. And, and it's kind of the, the opposite. I don't think my parents really understood what that was about. So I would bring yeah. them in when they were in Colorado to march in a parade or to do something. And uh, they were always game, but it was, yeah. it was an interesting family activity yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. That's fun. Yep. Our paths cross in a variety of ways, as you said, um, you know, really pro-business side, if there is such a thing, you know, understanding how when business succeeds, communities succeed. And uh, that's part of the reason why I think CBCIS is such an interesting avenue for you to lead. Give some history to that organization, Brock, and why immigration is of interest to you as well, personally and professionally. Sure. And for CBCIS, I am uh, their program manager. So we are an organization of which Cobert is gratefully um, and thankfully a um, partner coalition member of ours. But we are made up of businesses throughout the state, not just the metro area. Um, We are made up of businesses of small, medium and large sizes. Um, some of our coalition members are them, themselves just individual business owners, and they are not a part of a corporation. It may be just them and one other person. I have been working on issues like immigration my entire political career. Growing up in agriculture, you see it almost on a daily basis. 
Um, and then as I got a little bit more into politics, especially as I had come back from Washington, D.C., and realized um, that there needs to be voices stateside that advocate to our federal delegation, um, that they've got the support and backing of the people that are voting for them and that are residing in their state. And that was what was so appealing to me about the Colorado Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions. I had been a part of it with clients that were a part of it. Um, but when I got the opportunity to actually be um, a leader with them and lead the program, I jumped at it for a couple of reasons. One, I think immigration is an underpinning issue that runs throughout our economy. And it's not segregated into just one industry cluster or two. It is something that runs throughout the economy and helps power our economy. Two, it is vitally important as an issue to the economics of our state and our communities. And three, and this is the one I've really tried to be conscientious of, is helping business talk about a topic that is, it's probably one of the touchiest political topics there is out there. And we can all think of some of the other ones, whether it's religion or, or any other hot button issue. Immigration is an issue that is we all are impacted by it, whether we see it um, with the food we eat, um, the hotels we stay at, um, some of the goods that we're purchasing and how we're purchasing them. It's something that runs throughout um, our economy and our systems and our communities. It is one of those things, and we've all heard this, when you sit down to a meal with your family, don't talk about religion, politics, um, and I think immigration is one of those because it gets such a reaction totally right. yeah. out of everybody. Um, and that's what drew me to the topic and to the business community to try and help advocate. Um, and the business community, I think, is one of the best advocates on this issue. And I was going to harass you a little bit. You said you've been working on it a long time. I was going to say, well, have you fixed it yet? Like, what's... Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on Not even close. I, I can I remember these. I actually started a long time ago as well. And it's one of those yep. odd issues where both sides of the aisle, you know, dig their trenches. You know, both sides yep. of the aisle sometimes don't um, seem to want solutions. And so how do we take away some of the emotion um, and find some lanes that we can work on together, which I think is what we've been able to do. And, and to some degree, CBCS has been around, you know, for quite some time and it started with the Colorado Compact, yep. which um, t tell us more about that. I'm familiar with it, but I suspect some of my partners who might be viewing this or, or listening to it on our podcast are not familiar with the Colorado Compact, which sought to actually be that common ground, practical, uh, you know, playbook that people could find alignment within. Yep. And Debbie, you're exactly right. You could, um, uh, honestly, you could interview yourself and answer because a lot of your thoughts are the same as mine and why CBCIS became, came into an existence. Part of it was we were hearing from our federal delegation out of Colorado, not just one side, but both Republican and Democrat saying, we need feedback from everybody, but the one place we feel that there's not quite silence, but we're being communicated to in vacuums is the business community. So a group of business leaders got together and said, we need to be able to coalesce as a community 
Um, and by coalesce, I do not mean 100% agree. We need to be able to coalesce around the fact that we need to see some sort of immigration reform move forward. Now, what reform looks like for a dairy farmer is not what reform looks like for the owner of Vail Resorts or, or the owner of a um, fast food restaurant here in Denver. But what can be agreed upon is there needs to be movement. So the compact sought to not alienate anybody within the business community, but bring us together around some pretty common sense tenants, such as we have to approach this conversation with the federal government in mind. We'd have to impress upon them. This is their issue they have to solve. It cannot be up to a state because then, as you know, Debbie, we get 50 different patchworks of immigration um, policy that nobody can abide by. So we want the federal government to finally take responsibility of this issue um, and start to manage it. Um, we want to have um, a background of uh, a sense of national security, that this is such an important issue to everybody, but we have to keep what's best for the entire country um, is that safe legal immigration force. Um, we also wanted to have, and I don't want this to sound callous, but one of our tenants is it has to be good for the economy. And Debbie, you know better, you've already mentioned what's good for the economy is good for the communities of Colorado because you uplift that economy and it's the people in the communities that are driving it. Um, so we, any approach has to have um, that economic um, approach. And then also you can't talk about immigration without talking about enforcement that there has to be components of this that not only as employers, but the employees feel safe in the environment that they are working in or hiring in. Um, so those are some of the broad tenets that brought um, the compact together. And when you hear them, it was purposely designed to when you hear some of those tenets, you say, I agree with that. I, I think that's a good way to approach. Instead of when people talk about immigration, they automatically go to well, you've got two options. It's either build something to keep people in or out or amnesty, which is a, a word that's a lightning button, a lightning rod of a word. We wanted to take out the pressure of the rhetoric around um, immigration and bring people together more on here are some tenants that we can agree on. And Debbie, you, you deal with this every day running um, a, a trade association and an organization like you do. Not everybody is going to agree on everything, but if you can have some core guiding principles, and I've seen this, it helps keep the conversation focused and it helps keep business owners and individuals instead of when they hear me say, well, we are going to talk about some enforcement issues instead of them saying, well, I don't agree with any of that. They can look at it and say, as a broader holistic approach, we cannot not talk about that. So right. it brings people in without pinning them down of you will support seven of these tenants. It makes the conversation a little bit easier to have. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And that that sort of leads me to the next conversation about the toolkit that we partnered on a year or so ago to try to help businesses really understand, you know, we came up with sort of the five key issues around immigration reform. And we'll put this out with our um, with our broadcast as well so that people can see that link. And, and just to kind of re remind ourselves of them, you know, transparent, consistent and predictable administration of laws, yep. uh, attracting and, and retaining foreign born students at Colorado universities, 
um, access to temporary high school workers to fill jobs, you know, very, very practical solutions without getting into the hot button issues that really yep. divide. And there's a time and a place and people who want to come together on that. But how do we come up with the broad based ones that really work for the employer community is, yep. is a different set of priorities yep. and principles that we can align within. Absolutely. And Debbie, that I think that partnership with us um, with CB Sys and Cobert creating that toolkit. I have, and I don't know the feedback that you've received, but I've received positive feedback on just what you were talking about. Thank you for showing us, giving us kind of a roadmap of how to talk about this issue in a way that not only brings down their blood pressure about talking about a touchy subject, but when you're talking to your community members, to your employees, you're not starting out from a situation of it's a hard issue. We're never going to figure it out. And it's, there's just so much touchy things um, or sensitive topics. It's a way to help us as a business community lean in on the issue and help our employees also engage in the conversation. Sure. And I think that toolkit was you guys were the genesis of, of trying to get that put together um, and just happy to have the collaboration with you guys on that. I've had a lot of positive feedback on it. Yeah, same same for sure, Brock. It's been really um, important for our thought leadership together. But I'm going to press this on something because I think what I'm hearing more and more now, I think the toolkit has value. We, we probably need to update it at some point. Yep. Here, but what's been really pressing us with our partners at the roundtable is workforce was a big issue two years ago. It was a big issue a year ago. Now it's a crisis in terms of finding yeah. talent where some of my private sector folks would not have wanted to talk about immigration issues a year ago, two years ago. Now I think we're at this really critical, interesting time where frankly, we've got to figure out workforce solutions and making sure our employers have the talent they need to continue to grow and thrive. And it's a whole new world. And I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing. And if you are, what's in store for 2022 and beyond? You know, yep. what's, uh, are you seeing that same like level of urgency in terms of modernizing immigration strategies? Debbie, I 100% agree that that has ratcheted up because of COVID, but I think we needed to have the conversation. It just got slammed into us in a two-year time frame, but it exposed us not having this conversation. So I think it's been so extraordinarily helpful um, that this conversation has started. And what you've seen, and I think this is where, and I know as business members and as a business community, a lot of times our mantra to government is stay out, let us do what we do and let us create the markets um, and dictate how all of, all of that works. We've gotten into a stance now where we can't do that without a reliable workforce. And I think you're starting to see the business community lean in on some things happening here at the state capitol. There's been some bills around, Debbie, you've been, a, you, you know some of these, um, around workforce development and partnering. Instead of us saying one thing and, and bureaucracy and government saying another, how do we come together? Because I think for the first time, not the first time, but in, in a heated political environment like this, you're finding um, business leaders and political leaders come together and say, we have to do something on workforce development or we will continue to be in this fog 
of a pandemic, even when we're coming out of a pandemic, what you're seeing is great collaboration in the very building I'm setting in between Democrats, Republicans, business organizations and the advocacy organizations saying we've got to work together. Um, there's uh, been a couple bills passed around um, healthcare licensing and not that we're asking take away all of the regulation around it, but have government speed up how they're doing some of these regulations, maybe drop some of the more archaic ones. There's a number of different bills that the education, especially the higher education community is supporting here that deal with how do we get a workforce trained and where they need to be yeah, to thrive absolutely. in an economy like Colorado. So I, I think there's a couple things going yeah, on. Yeah, I was actually on the task force for, and again, I, the oh, name is right. so long, I don't know what it is. I call it, it's the yeah. 1330. Uh, that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, for yep. five months. And now we're seeing the fruits of that, which I yep. think is to your point, Colorado doesn't have the time or the patience to not lean in and have more urgency and more collaboration. Yep. And I'm really excited since you're at the Capitol every day, that you're seeing that, that that yeah. is very inspiring to know. I've been involved more on the periphery, but um, yeah. it's great news for workforce. And that yeah. same energy with collaboration and speed and agility, you know, could potentially remove some barriers at the federal level, yeah. perhaps on, on the subject of immigration. Are you yeah. seeing anything kind of on the federal level with any movement at this point? So, and that's a great point. I think a lot of what we do at the state level, as long as it percolates up, I think that's a great thing and it shows. We're obviously, as everybody knows, in the midst of probably one of the most contentious midterms um, that we're approaching in November. However, what I'm hearing and when I talk to my counterparts in other states, all of them are saying, we're talking to Democrats and Republicans that now is the time. I know every year is going to be a mid-year or some big election. We need to act on immigration. And I think the workforce development tipping or the workforce development issue being the tip of the spear is causing our federal delegation again to try and go back to this. I've, I've heard that there may be an effort before we get into November to revamp, especially in the Senate, um, some of those workforce modernization bills that they had been debating. So I think in Colorado and the Business Roundtable, you guys being a part of those conversation, that's not without notice um, from our federal delegation. And I, while I'm trying to remain optimistic that they can get something done by November, I don't know if that will happen, but I think they're, they've heard loud and clear not having the conversation just because we're approaching November is a non-starter for us. And I, it's, it's organizations like yours um, and many others that tell them you, it's uncomfortable, but the conversation has to be had. I think we'll see at least some movement um, before November coming right. out of the Senate. And, and it's sort of like Groundhog Day again, right? There's, yeah. always, <laughs> an There's always an election. Yep. You yeah. know, uh, they were saying that 20 years ago. So yep. I think you're right. And, and for people listening in, you know, Brock, I'm so honored that you're going to be a part of a bigger webinar conversation yeah. with the Consul General of Mexico, yeah. with our uh, the Immigration um, Senior VP at the Business Roundtable in Washington, D.C. That'll be a really robust time to yeah. check in on those levers of kind of state, federal, uh, you know, and global perspective on immigration. Absolutely. So I think we've got really good opportunities to sort of bring more people together and see how we can yeah. move the needle together. Absolutely. And Debbie, I, you got, you're, the Business Roundtable encompasses so much. 
um, and you guys do so much for the business community, I really do think some of these conversations, and not just because I'm a part of it, and I, as I said, I've listened to multiple other ones, it's these conversations that I think we don't realize because we don't travel back to DC, they do have a lingering impact. And I, I cannot stress the importance enough um, of conversations like that with the people who can highlight the issue and then the people who can help us deliver on those issues. It's, it's critical, to, especially on this issue, but all business issues, we need to be um, advocating for um, those types of um, issues and positions. Yeah, perfect. And well said, Brock. And I appreciate you joining us today from the yeah. Colorado State Capitol. Yeah. That's such yeah. a great background. I keep expecting something, you know, really interesting to happen behind me, <laughs> yeah. but you picked a really secure spot. Yeah. But um, yep. thanks for that. We're going to, uh, I don't know if you've got a website that's easy to say, or we'll put it in our little yeah. plug for, for our conversation today. Or how can people yep. know more? Where do they go? Yep, it's um, www.cocompact.org. So cocompact.org, you can see all of the people who've uh, signed on. We are a free organization. Um, you can just sign up and start getting maybe too many emails from me, but staying updated and plugged in, not just here in, in the state, but with our federal delegation as well. And I appreciate the opportunity, Debbie, um, and the partnership that CBCIS and Cobra enjoy with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Brock, for the time. Appreciate your thought yeah. leadership on this issue and many others that are important to the business community. And especially joining us today, this has been a production of Colorado Business Roundtable talking about workforce issues and what they mean to Colorado's economic vitality, especially coming out of the global pandemic and the economic disruption. So tune back in for more information about workforce issues that are important to you. And we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks, everyone. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose, 